Friday, you made it to the weekend. Well, at least after you finish today, we got to get through today, right? It's a good day. Friday is here, and Paul is writing to us about not only can we have the Holy Spirit in us that's going to lead us and guide us, but he's like, when we have the Holy Spirit in us, we have to live that holy life that's reflective of having the Holy Spirit in us. So Paul's going to close out today with how to live the holy life. So today we're in Romans 12 through 16. Sounds like a lot, but it's not that bad. And I love this part. I've, I'm going to be honest. I read this three times because I love this section. Uh, especially 12, 13, and 14, because this really goes into the particulars of what a Christian code of conduct is about, because it keeps you humble. And in chapter 12, it starts off with, you know, he's pleading with us to give our bodies to God as a holy and living sacrifice that he finds acceptable. And some versions say a daily living holy sacrifice, which means we're going to give of ourselves every day 100%. We're not going to give up on his plan. We're not going to uh, give only parts of ourselves. We're going to give him 100%. We're going to sacrifice the things that come between us and him so that we can be close to him. And it says in verse 2, this gets misconstrued a lot of times, and I love when this comes up. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Okay, so don't copy the behavior and customs of this world does not mean go to doctors or do, you know, get vaccines or stuff like that that are recommended for you to save your life or to help you. And I'm not advocating for stuff like that. I'm just saying when he says don't copy the customs of this world and behavior of this world, that's the dog-eat-dog world. That means the hatred of the world. That means an eye for an eye. That means the the survival of the fittest. That means the uh, like road rage incidents where if you don't you get in my way, I'm going to take you out. Which is survival of the fittest. That's what he's talking about. Where you know I'm going to do whatever it takes to get ahead of you. Because that's what was big in the time still back then. And that's what he's talking about today is don't have that I'm going to do whatever it takes to get ahead of you mindset. The prideful and 
whatever it takes to get ahead of you, even if it means messing you over mindset, which, you know, there's a game they used to play that uh, has different wordage, but it's that whole mindset is messing you over. And I'm going to do that to get ahead of you. And that, I mean, and that's a game. And if you look at society today, that's the copy and behavior of this world we promote infidelity on TV. We promote infidelity in the media. We promote. That's the stuff he doesn't want us to do, copy the behaviors of. He wants us to copy things and only do what the Lord says. That's what having the Holy Spirit in you can do. It transforms you into a new person by changing the way you think. We're going to think in love. We're not going to think divisive thoughts. We're not going to think... How can I get ahead of them? We're going to think, how do I do this in the way God would do this? How do I do this in the way Jesus would do this? You know, you got those WWJD bracelets. I see those still today. If we really enact that and start thinking about how would Jesus do this, we would see that he's not the accuser. Remember John 8, where are your accusers? He's not the accuser. Zechariah 3, he snatched when Zechariah was standing before God with the accuser, Satan, Jesus, or God said, get away from us. He snatched him from the accuser. So he's not the accuser. We can't be that person. And so Paul goes on and says, don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. So don't get puffed up in who you are. That's the world. Remember, Paul's already said, if you uh, think worldly thoughts, then you're not thinking with the Holy Spirit. So he's trying to teach us of that. And then Paul goes into the fact that we are a part of one big body and the body of Christ, and with that body, there's many parts, and we're going to have teachers, we're going to have uh, greeters, we're going to have encouragers, we're going to have those that give generously, we have those that are in leadership, If and if you're good at that stuff, then do it, and so I just think this is really good, because he, he's teaching us that we have the Holy Spirit. We're all a part of the body. We all have something to contribute. And that's what I'm trying to teach people right now in a group I'm in right now is we all need each other and we all have something to contribute. And then, you know, we I just talked about the love aspect. Don't pretend to love others, Paul says. Really love them. Love each other with genuine affection. And then don't be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Because here's, here's the thing. The church is so uh, guilty of getting complacent where we, if we don't want, if we don't get it our way, then we just sit there and let other people do it. If we don't want to do it anymore, then we have some other people do it. And I hear that all the time. Well, I'm going to let someone else do it. What if that's your body part? The hand doesn't say, I don't want to function anymore. The arm can pick things up. 
The hand's the only thing with the grippers, the fingers, the phalanges, the thing that can pick up. And if it said I don't want to function anymore, think what a bad position we'd be in because the arm doesn't have that part. Only the hand does. And if we th would think about how we contribute and we are that part of the body, we would really help ourselves as a people of the Lord in knowing that we all contribute. And then he says, I love this part because then he switches. Bless those who persecute you. Remember, Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake, for great is their reward. He, and Paul's saying, don't curse them. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. You know, I, I love our church motto because our church motto is everyday people with everyday issues trying to get closer to God because we're just common day people trying to do our best and getting closer to God. And Paul says, don't think you know it all. Man, I, you know, I'm working with someone right now who thinks he knows it all. And yesterday was so exposed, and I'm hoping that humbles him. But I don't know, because when you know it all, nothing is humbling. And so do all you can to live in peace with everyone. And here's what I like. He says, never pay evil Never pay back evil for evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable. So, you know, you have to always, we have to always do things that are good. Don't take revenge because the Lord takes revenge. And he says, I'll take revenge on them. I will pay them back, says the Lord. And he says, Paul says, instead, do things that are good because good will conquer evil. And that's what we want to do. So it takes me to a story of a friend who was having an issue with someone that she was working with. And I said, and she really wanted to be friends with that person because they needed to be coworkers and get along. And I said, just keep doing good. And I took her to this scripture passage. It's in the end of Romans 12. And I said, you just got to keep doing good because if you keep doing good, good conquers evil and she will get the idea that you mean no harm to her. She won't see any threat and it'll all be fine. And she'll see that you know what you're doing. And so she kept doing that and sooner or later they started getting along and they became really good friends. And, my, and our friend said, hey, you know you told me to do that. That really worked out well because now we're really good friends and we're going to go do this and this together. And that was really cool to watch that unfold like that. And I said, that's not me. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Lord tells us to do. And that's the Holy Spirit working through the situation. So when we have the Holy Spirit working in us and we do what he says, good things come. Remember Romans 8? 38, I think it is, Romans eight twenty eight. <laughs> Good things come to those that love the Lord and are called for his holy purpose. And she got to see that firsthand. 
So chapter 13, I, I, the reason I like this is because we, we so want to complain about authority all the time. And we always want to say, you know, well, I'm not going to do this, and I'm going to rebel about that, and even if it costs me, I'm going to go to jail for that. And, you know, how is that? And that, that's, I, I always think about Jesus on the cross and, and before Pilate and how he just stood there, and he didn't say anything. And he actually, in his, if he ever said anything, he said that the power that's given to Pilate comes from above. And he also told Pilate that the sin of the religious leaders is greater than Pilate's because he knew that Pilate understood that Jesus was innocent, even though Pilate was going to do what he was going to do because he had to fulfill God's glory because that's what God wanted was for Jesus to be the sacrifice. He knew Pilate's heart. But here's what it says. Everyone must submit. This is 13.1, very first verse. Everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. If we look at that and listen to that and just think of that, we might change our view on when things don't go the way we think they should go during elections. <laughs> so anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. Woo, that's intense. For authorities don't strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. So here's a thought. What if God put these people there for his purpose? Here's why I say that. We just heard in yesterday or the day before's reading how God put Pharaoh in Egypt in the position for his glory. And we know how hard-hearted Pharaoh was, and we know Pharaoh did some bad things to people, yet God put Pharaoh there for his glory. And we're like, so what's his glory? To show that God is the one true God in delivering his people from slavery, from persecution, from oppression, and in delivering his people, Pharaoh was humbled and the table was turned and the people were set free and Pharaoh lost his army and his son. And Pharaoh was the one who was able to see that he is not God like the Egyptians made him out to be. But there is one God greater than him, one God of all gods that can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do. So what if we were to say, okay, it didn't go our way. Maybe God has a bigger plan than we see. And in that, he's going to use X, Y, and Z 
to wake up the world. Could be. So maybe our position is not to gripe, grumble, and groan, but to trust in God. I trust in God, my Savior one. Because <laughs> Paul goes on and says, do what is right and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants set for your good. How is that for our good if they're, if they're doing all this stuff, raising taxes and doing this? For your good. Why? Because it teaches us to put our trust in God. Yes. And if we put our trust in God, then we learn to trust God and not man so much. And no matter what happens, we learn to put more trust in God because we know God leads us and will take care of us. And even when they want us to do stuff, even if we're not sure of it, if we put our trust in God, we know God will take care of us. We just got to obey, obey those authorities. Because he even says, you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep your conscience clear. Pay your taxes, too, for the same reasons. Because government workers need to be paid. They're serving God and what they do. Even if they don't realize it, God has instituted that. Somewhere we got to realize that God is not just in control of the people that serve God. God is in control of everything. Ooh, interesting, huh? So then he switches the script and says, love your neighbors as yourself love does no wrong to others so love fulfills the requirements of god's laws don't participate in the this is because he's he's about to tell us what we shouldn't participate in because we are filled with the holy spirit now because we believe in jesus wake up for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believe you got to realize every day we get closer to, because we are human, every day we get closer to heaven if we have the Holy Spirit in us. So we want to stay away from the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness, sexual promiscuity and immoral living, quarreling and jealousy. We got to clothe ourselves with the presence of the Lord every day and not indulge ourselves in evil desires. And in Romans 14, which I love Romans 14, because Romans 14 is all about your personal convictions. And I'm going to sum it up this way. If you know in your heart that what you do is right, but it's causing someone else to fall, then don't do that around them. And he uses food as an as an example. If what you're eating is known to be not sinful, but it makes someone else uncomfortable and they, they're going to think that's sinful, then don't eat it when you're with them. It's, that's easy, you know? And there's like uh, people that we were with the other night, some of them couldn't eat gluten 
and it it's that simple. Then don't eat gluten when you're with them. And amazingly to them, we don't eat gluten either. So we had parts that were gluten-free and parts that weren't for the people that didn't worry about gluten. And so the big thing is don't be a stumbling block to those that have different concepts as you because what what you want to do is help them draw closer to God as well. We're not to judge. Let God and the Holy Spirit lead them. Because he says, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. So live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. Because it's not about what we eat and what we do. It's about how we treat each other. And if you don't know and you do it anyway, then that's a, then, then that's probably sinful. And if you know and you do it anyway, if you know in your heart that it's wrong and you do it anyway, then that's definitely sinful. If you know in your heart that it's going to cause that other brother or sister to fall or it's going to cause them to be divisive, that's sinful because that's not being in love. If you know you're going to get a stir in them, then that's sinful and it's going to cause them to be upset and it's going to be sinful. So the whole chapter is about being good to people. And so chapter 15 talks about living in harmony with each other. And I love that because it's so important for us to live in harmony, you know, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given the glory and that's what we got to do. And he's talking about the harmony between the new believers that are Gentile and the new and the believers that are Jews. Because when when we accept Jesus in our life, it's not us and them anymore. It's one body, new body in Jesus Christ. And that's what this whole thing is about, being one body, not a divisive body, but one body. You're a new body in Jesus Christ. There's no more race, ethnicity, or, or color, or any of that. It's all one body, and it's a new creation in Jesus. So if you're anything, you're a new race of Christian, Christ believers, New race of the way, that's who you are. And so Paul closes out the whole thing just talking to people and giving his greeting to Priscilla and Aquila and Phoebe, and he's just like telling them how grateful he is that he got to uh, meet them, and he wants to stay strong and, and pray for them. And there's a whole list of people he lists out here about giving his greeting to. Now remember, this is a church that he never visits, never gets to visit the church in Rome. But man, what good stuff, right? Let's take all that to heart and let's just be loved to each other, live in harmony with each other. And, you know, let's make sure each day we lay down the things that we could potentially let come between us and God. 
and sacrifice them. Lord, I know this is on my plate today. I give this to you, and you can have it because I don't want it messing me up today. So you take it, Lord. I surrender it, and you take it. Whatever that is, let's just surrender it right now. And then whatever the weekend holds, Lord, you take that too because, you know, we're going to get to 1 Corinthians next. And so, Lord, it's yours. We thank you for getting us through this week. And thank you for Paul's instruction. Thank you that the Holy Spirit is ours and that your saving grace and the Holy Spirit can be in us. Have a great Friday, folks. You made it. And let's go into the weekend knowing we trust in God. Oh, I trust in God, my Savior.